105th Anocheta. And this Anocheta, Shila Jiva Goswami is showing that we find within the very first verse of the Srimad Bhagavatam, the Gayatri Mantra, it's interesting that in his Anocheta, uh, he quotes considerably from the Agni Purana, which gives a, a detailed explanation of what the Gayatri Mantra is. I'll read through some of that just so you can catch the the mood of what's presented there in the Agni Purana. He has, as I said, taken the time to, to quote close to a dozen or more verses which in the Agni Purana lay out what is the meaning of the Gayatri Mantra. So he, of all the Shastra and Jivas, looked to this to a, to a, you know, an elaborate explanation of Gayatri Mantra. So he quotes as follows. The fire god Agni said, In this way, after executing the rules of bathing, etc., at the three junctions of the day, one should silently utter the Gayatri Mantra and remember its meaning. This mantra is called Gayatri, the singer, because it sings about Gayati, or delineates the Utha mantras, those containing Pradava and Omkar, the scriptures, the effulgent one, the self-existing and self-illuminated Bhagavan, and the vital life system. It is called Savitri because it reveals Lord Savita, the sun, the animator of all life. It is called Sarasvati, constituting the flow of speech because it is the embodiment of speech. That supracosmic light, Jyoti, is known as the Supreme Brahman because the word Vargas in Gayatri means the divine effulgence. Vargas is formed from the root Baj by the sutra Bahulam Chandasi. That effulgence, Vargas, is called Varanya, superlative, because it is superior to all other varieties of radiance, tejas, being their ultimate source of illumination, paramam padam. It is forever to be solicited by those who aspire for heaven or liberation. Varanya means to solicit, because it is the import of the root that effulgence is beyond the three states of wakefulness, dreaming, and deep sleep. And it goes on to just break apart all the different uh, sound vibrations that are in the, the Gayatri Mantra. But in this Agni Purana, it's made clear that this is all referring to Bhagavad. That and, and all that is tied, all the different meanings of the Gayatri are tied back to Bhagavan. It's not the sun god, it's not any other god. There's Gayatri's two other gods, 
But this specific Gayatri, when we hear of the sun and we hear it's, it, it's all pointing to Bhagavan and, of course, for us, Bhagavan Sri Krishna. That's going to come out in the 106th Anucheta in a very pronounced way when we get to that Anucheta. Dimahi is derived from, I'm just jumping ahead here a little bit. Dimahi is derived from the root da, to hold, meaning, may he be held within our minds. May that effulgence, Vargas, inspire our intelligence and that of all living beings and impel all agents of experience, votritnam, in all their actions. Vishnu adopts the form of the sun and fire in bestowing the visible and invisible matured results of action. Being impelled by Ishvara, one proceeds to heaven or hell. So, I mean, so much is in Gayatri, if we were, if you were just to study the Gayatri mantra. But we are. We study the Bhagavat Purana the whole Gayatri mantra is expanded and explained through the Bhagavat Purana. So everything is, is there. Of course, Gayatri is, 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 an, is uh, you know, uh, encapsulated mantra that we can meditate upon. And as I explained in the last discussion, uh, we look to Gayatri and we, uh, we can also see different explanations and one that's very charming is that of Bhakti Rakshak Sridhar Goswami, where he's saying, Gayatri Mantra is just about Radha Dasham. So, you know, and she, he, he explains all the words looking at it from that viewpoint. And you could look at the whole Bhagavatam from that viewpoint also, since the Bhagavatam itself is an elaborate explanation of the Gayatri Mantra. It, it leads us to that ultimate, that ultimate fulfillment of, of taking on the, root, uh, the mood in service of uh, Srimati Radharani. So he goes on after quoting from the Agni Purana to... Um, bring out one verse from the Machi Purana and the Agni Purana. That Purana is known as Srimad Bhagavatam, which delineates the path of ultimate truth with reference to the Gayatri Mantra and which tells of the killing of the demon Vritra. And Jiva Goswami brought this out in the Tattvas of Dharma, that these are characteristics that we, that the the Bhagavad Purana has. It's a complete, it, it, it is a meditation, it comes forth from the meditation of the Gayatri Mantra, and it's also signified by this very interesting pastime of Ritrasura. Jiva Goswami goes on, Therefore, it is to be understood that although the Absolute is described in different places with reference to different names, such as Barga, Brahman, Para, Vishnu, and Bhagavan, they all establish only Bhagavan. In the midst of these descriptions, however, we also find the instruction 
perform ahangrahopasana. Ahangrahopasana, or meditation on oneself as the Supreme. This is recommended because the eligibility to worship Bhagavan comes about only by acquiring a nature that is similar to his. And that concludes that subsection of the 105th Anucheda. So a couple things from the commentary. The first verse of the Bhagavat Purana, besides giving the gist of the Brahma Sutra, also supplies the meaning of the Gayatri Matra, which is chanted daily, daily by Dwijas, or the twice-born. The Gayatri Mantra is said to be the essence of the Vedas as well as being called the mother of the Vedas. And uh, another thing is this, this idea of Ahangra uh, Haposana, of seeing oneself as the Supreme. It's not that the worshiper sees himself as the Supreme himself, but that he is of the same nature as the Supreme. So in that consciousness, we can worship. It's not that we should worship. We should, we should worship thinking of the fact that we are truly part and parcel of the Supreme Lord, and we are of his same nature. Although we have a material nature now, for some reason or another, that's a whole other discussion, but... <laughs> Still, if we can take on that kind of a consciousness during our worship, it's very beneficial. Well, no matter what the worship is, there are specific mantras that we chant when we worship the deity where before we even engage in worship, we, we basically say we are spiritual. I'm not a Brahmin, I'm not a Kshatriya, I'm not a Vaishya or Shudra, I'm not a Brahmacharya. Vihasta, Vanaprastha, Samras. I'm simply the servant of the servant, of the servant of Lord Krishna, the maintainer of the gopis. There's two mantras uh, listed here in the commentary. Um, <coughs> Devam Bhutva, Devam Yajet. And another, Nadevo, Devam Archayet. So it's just that you're... Of There's two mantras uh, listed here in the commentary. Um, Devam Bhutva Devam Yajet, and another Nadevo Devam Archayet. So it's just that you're of the nature, that's your spiritual nature. And it's also a nice meditation, even before you, you do any worship, enter into Japa. If you think yourself, if you think of your true spiritual nature and, and chant in that mood, that that I I'm I'm truly spiritual and you know let me let me completely take on that spiritual nature or accept that I am a sp spiritual in nature and therefore I can I can chant free of the modes the influence of the modes of material nature free of of outside influence that. Yeah, this is this is what it's all about. Is getting to a point where we are fully um, taking on our spiritual being.
and giving up all attachments in the material realm. Now this Anacheta goes on, and we are now coming to the end of it, and Jiva Goswami wants to introduce one other thing, idea, concept, that we should see in the first verse, verse of the Bhagavatam. And that is the fact that in the first verse of the Bhagavatam is encapsulated the ten subject matters of the Bhagavat Purana. So he says the following, the ten characteristics of the Bhagavat Purana are also to be discerned in this verse, referring to Srimad Bhagavatam 111, as follows, Sarga, primary creation, Visarga, secondary creation, and Stana, the sustenance of living beings, and Naroda, dissolution, are all indicated by the words Janmadyasya Yataha from whom the creation, sustenance, and dissolution of the cosmos comes about. He goes on to say, Manvantara, the, the periods of the Manus, in every day of Brahma's life, there's uh, 14 Manus, uh, each residing for 71 cycles of the four Yugas. Uh, so Manvantara, the period of reign of the Manus, and Isanukatha, narration of Bhagavan and his devotees, are subsumed under the topic Stana, sustenance. So, he's already said Stana, the sustenance of the living beings, that sustenance is included in is is stana and if we look to these two aspects of the ten characteristics of the Bhagavat Purana, the Manvantara or basically the sustaining of the of the of the population of the universe. The Manu is he's like the head man for for that period of time and He's in charge of maintaining everything. He's like the super king uh, for the for the whole universal manifestation. So there's, I said, 14 manus in a day of Brahma, and they they reside, and they, that their responsibility is to see to the proper maintenance and direction that's maintained within the universal manifestation. So it's a it's a high level position in the universal administration that these manus have, um, and we find in the Bhagavat Purana that a lot of what transpires as far as the the different leelas that are put forth are are in that in that first manvantara of Swayambhuva Manu. Of course, we're now in the middle of Brahma's day. It must be hard for the Manvataras and Kali Yuga. Well, they're, 
it's you have to understand they're over they're they're overseeing 71 kali yugas okay so they, they have 71 cycles of the four yugas so they you know but they also are administrating the entire universe jiva goswami in this anucheta is saying when we look to stana to the maintenance of the universe well that includes these other two well, they're called subjects of the of the, the Bhagavat Purana, the Manvantara and the uh, Isanu Katha, or the narrations of Bhagavan. Now, he relates this back to his explanation from the Tattva Sandarbha, the 56th Anucheda. And I'm just going to go back and refresh our memory as to what Jiva Goswami said there. In this book, Srimad Bhagavatam, ten subjects are discussed. Sarga, the original setting in motion of primordial nature by the Lord, or primary creation. Visarga, the secondary creation of the primal cosmic being, Brahma. Stana, the sustenance of the living beings. Posana, the mercy displayed by the Lord in nurturing his devotees. Uti, the subconscious imprints and desires that promote engagement in goal-oriented action karma okay subconscious impressions that push us on from body to body and within one body take over our whole consciousness and and set us set into motion what will be a a successful or unsuccessful life well they're all unsuccessful unless we take the spiritual life but we come into life we you know the karma's there and from that karma uh, something bubbles up from the aparabda we get a parabda manifestation of our desires that conglomerate of, of desires or impressions from prior lives coagulate and out we pop into another body, into another culture, into another species of life. Who knows where we'll end up based on what we do in this life. We go up, we go down. So, uh, uti, subconscious imprints and desires to promote engagement in goal-oriented action. Uh, Manvantara, uh, the religious path enacted by the Manus, so they they lead the way. They set up the parameters. So they have, well, we have the uh, Manu Samhita, the, the law book for mankind. Uh, it's a new Katha, narrations of the Lord and his devotees. Niroda, dissolution of the creation, Mukti, liberation, and Asraya, the substratum or ultimate shelter of individual and collective beings. To clarify the meaning of the tenth subject depicted here, the highly elevated souls mentioned in this book, such as Vidura and Maitreya, describe the characteristics of the first nine subjects, sometimes directly by offering prayers of glorification using words that graphically depict their intended object, and sometimes indirectly by pointing out the intended meaning. Artha. Implicit 
in various narrations. Jiva Goswami continues in this Anucheda Posana, the mercy displayed by Bhagavan in nurturing his devotees is specified by the phrase Taini Brahma Hridai Ya Adi Kavaye. Brahma is inspired in the heart and that inspiration itself is enough to to bring about the explanation of spiritual life. We call that, well, first of all, overall it's the Veda. The Veda is coming from Brahma and then specifically that part of the Veda which signifies the Supreme Lord himself. Who mercifully revealed the Veda unto the first seer Brahma by way of the heart. So Posana. If we look to Posana and we look back to earlier Anuchetas in this very Paramatma Sandarbha, we see this underlying theme in Jiva Goswami's presentation that Really, if you want to know the truth of the matter, the truth of the matter, the creation itself is only brought about for this purpose. There's creation only because there needs to be additional opportunity for devotees who did not complete the course of purification necessary but they're still very dear to the Lord, therefore another creation. I need to get close to them. They they wanted to be close to me, but there was still the course of the cycle of, of creation and dissolution goes on perpetually. So generally speaking, highly advanced transcendentalists they would gravitate up to the higher planetary systems. Mahaloka, Tapaloka, Janaloka. And from there, when Brahma wraps up the whole creation, when the whole creation's, and Brahma is liberated at the end, he's done his service and he attains liberation, those living entities also attain liberation. But still for the devotees, the devotees is, are on a different track, so to speak. Liberation is secondary to them. They're culturing a loving relationship with the Lord. So that culture takes some time. Srila Rupa Goswami has, has laid out that development of a loving exchange with the Lord in Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu. So they may not have completely, their love may not have completely matured within a creation cycle. So therefore, the Lord has another creation so that their love can completely mature. And of course it goes on. It's There's always new devotees coming because devotees just, they're so... There's there's so much there, they have to share it. 
they're they're so enthused so they basically are the uh, emissaries for the supreme lord within the material universe the sadhus who is a sadhika becomes a sadhu who is a sadhu inspires other sadhikas and we have parampara uti uh, that we just went over mukti liberation is signified by the phrase damna swena sada nisrasta kuhakam by those by whose own effulgence all deception is utterly dispelled which implies that in his proximity the jivas also become free from maya finally ashraya the ultimate shelter is denoted by the words satyam param the supreme truth jiva continues moreover the ultimate shelter having been established as swayam bhagavan is none other than shri krishna this has been made evident by the arguments given above so in this introductory statement of the bhagavatam from each and every word sentence and their import it is clear that the bhagavatam's object of meditation shri krishna is intrinsically self-endowed with qualities transcendental form and all the characteristics of bhagavan this is indeed proper because it is demonstrated later by other statements that disclose his intrinsic being shrurup such as and then he quotes a verse from the 87th chapter prayers of the personified vedas now he's wrapping it up and going back to what he brought up at the beginning of the anucheda that within a literary presentation you're going to find certain con- consistencies regarding what the subject actually is so now we're going to get into all right now he's going to wrap the whole package up he showed us here this is the significance of bhagavatam the bhagavatam's giving us everything that's in the vedanta sutra here let me just give you some examples and he gave quite a few examples look at the beginning of, of the vedanta sutra you see that in the very first verse of the bhagavatam those opening statements from the vedanta sutra and and now we we can look and we can see gayatri and even look to the subjects of the bhagavatam are are illumined in the first verse of the bhagavatam now let's look to the entire bhagavatam as to what is the real subject of it satyam param and what do we do with satyam dimahi we meditate so this verse from the 87th prayers of the personified vedas again we're tying what jiva's doing here is he's tying together this point of the consistency throughout the shrimad bhagavatam and how we can see that consistency in other verses throughout the bhagavatam so now he's going to this 
verse to explain the first verse. He considers this verse an a further explanation of the opening verse of the Bhagavatam. One should constantly meditate on Sri Hari, who removes all fear, who keeps Maya away by his all-transcending nature, who oversees this universe in its beginning, middle, and end, who is the regulator of both Prakriti and the Jiva, and who, having evolved the universe and then entered it along with the Jivas, generates their bodies and maintains them. Attaining him, the Jiva sheds ignorance, just as when a man enters into deep sleep, he becomes unaware of his body. We can find all the meaning in this verse in the first verse of the Bhagavatam. Thereafter, in the second verse of the Bhagavatam also, it is shown by the words, what need is there for any other literature, kim va para, that the purpose of the Bhagavatam is exclusively to explain him. I'm just going to read on. Jiva's on a roll here. Furthermore, because the meaning of the introductory statements depend upon, is determined by, the meaning of the concluding statement, the latter should not be transgressed by the former. This manner of specifying the supreme truth, mentioned only in generic terms as satyamparam in the first verse, is evidenced in verse 12, 13, 19, is discussed in Anucheta 105.1, just as in Sankaracharya's alternate explanation of the Brahma Sutra 3.3.16, appearing in his commentary on the succeeding sutra. What Jiva's doing here is he's showing that Satyam Param is kind of vague. Is that, you know, if we look to this first verse and we're going to refer to the supreme absolute truth it's kind of a generic statement satyam param the supreme you know sat the supreme truth nothing exceeds that it's kind of a general explanation so how do we tie this general explanation and where do we look well in any literary presentation, there may be a further explanation of the opening statement in the closing statement. And we should also look, we should look to the closing statement of a literary presentation for a more complete explanation. Just as we find the use of that strategy used by Sankaracharya. It's also there in the Bhagavatam. So he's using Sankacharya's uh, statements from the uh, Brahma Sutra, Sankaracharya's commentary in the Brahma Sutra, uh, to also point us in that direction when we look to this Bhagavatam, because we could say it's kind of just a general, general thing in the very first Satyam Param. That's all you. That's that's you know, kind of 
as as Jeeves pointed out, it was kind of a generic. So he goes to the very last verse. It's the last verse that ties, that ends the Bhagavatam. There are some verses after that that are just verses of praise. But the actual verse, the last verse, is in the 12th canto, 13th chapter. Let us meditate. So now you're going to see in this last verse a lot of, there's a lot in common with the very first verse. Let us meditate on the supreme truth, who is pure, spotless, devoid of sorrow, and immortal, who in the distant past graciously revealed this peerless lamp of knowledge unto Brahma, and then in the form of Brahma disclosed it to Narada Muni, and as Narada to Krishna, Dwipayana Vyas, and again as Vyas to the chief of yogis, Sukha, and then as Sukha to Bhagavad Rata, King Parikshit. By the same principle, here also, Srimad Bhagavatam 12, 13, 19 that we just read, the speaker of the four seed verses of the Bhagavatam identified in the opening verse only in generic terms as Satyapuram is determined to be Bhagavan. He alone, moreover, has been shown to be the self-revealed object of meditation even in Sri Vyasa's state of supercognitive cognitive trance, samadhi. So, he's tying, he's taught by utilizing this last verse, he's saying you cannot come, because, because of the way literatures are put together, and that the opening and the closing are in themselves based on the same subject, we cannot take an impersonal meaning to this opening phrase, Satyam Param. Why? Because in the closing statement, we're talking about a personality who, who imparts knowledge. Not once, not twice, but continually. He imparted the knowledge to Brahma, and as Brahma, imparted the knowledge to Narada, and as Narada imparted the knowledge to Srila Vyasadeva, Krishna Dvipayana Vyas, and as Vyasadeva. So, now he's going to, he's just getting started on this. <laughs> he's going to really, he's going to really get into this a little bit, well, pretty extensively in the next Anucheta, 106th Anucheta. But here he's just showing the correlation between the opening and closing statement. And then he's going to speak about this empowerment that actually there's only one speaker of the Bhagavat Purana. And that's Krishna himself. There's only one person sitting on the Vyasa sign and speaking Bhagavatam even though it may come from so many people's lips. And that personality is, well, it's a Vyasa sign. It's a seed of Vyasadeva. But that Vyasadeva 
as Jiva is going to show, is Krishna himself. He alone, moreover, has been shown to be the self-revealed object of meditation, even in Sri Vyasate's state of supracognitive trance samadhi. This, too, is the very truth that accords with the heart of Sri Sukadev, as described in verses such as, I offer my obeisances unto Srila Vyasadeva's son, Sri Sukha, who destroys all sin. Although his consciousness was completely filled with bliss of self-realization, and though he had consequently cast off all other feelings and thoughts, his essence, Sara, was irresistibly drawn to the enchanting divine play, Leela, of Lord Ajita. Shri Krishna. Out of compassion, he thus delineates this Purana which illuminates reality. Srimad Bhagavatam 12.12.68 Again, at the very close of the Bhagavat Purana. So in this way, Sri Jiva shows that the import of the opening statement of the Bhagavat Purana is Bhagavan Shri Krishna. In general cases, the principle applied is that the opening statement should set the meaning of the concluding statement. But if the opening statement is ambiguous, then it is the concluding statement that determines the meaning of the opening statement. Again, we're talking uh, linguistic uh, uh, explanation of, of a text. In the commentary, it says as follows. In the case of the Bhagavat Purana, the phrase Satyam Param, used in verse 111, is ambiguous. Like the word Sat in Chandogya Upanishad, it can have numerous meanings, Satyam Param. This is evident from the various commentaries available on this verse. The same phrase is also found in verse 12, 13, 19, which constitutes the concluding chapter of the book. From the latter verse, however, it is clear that this Satyam Param spoke the four-verse Bhagavatam to Brahma. For the narration found in the ninth chapter of the second canto, we then learn that it was Bhagavan who spoke the four-verse Bhagavatam. Brahma personally informed Narada that the book was spoken to him, and then he gives evidence here, so much evidence that the speaker of the Chatur Sloki to Brahma is continually throughout the Bhagavatam. It's clear that it was Sri Krishna himself. And he quotes so many verses here uh, to collaborate, uh, corroborate that. Brahma personally informed Narada. He, Brahma told Narada, this is who spoke these four verses to me, uh, spoken to him by Bhagavan. Sutta also confirmed the same in the 12th canto. This correlation of prior and posterior statements establishes the meaning of the Satyam Param in Bhagavatam 12, 13, 19, as Bhagavan, because the opening verse cannot transgress the concluding verse. The meeting of Satyam Param 
in verse 111 must be Bhagavan alone and no one else. Concluding with the following, this also fortifies the conclusion that the subject matter of the Bhagavatam is Bhagavan Sri Krishna and not unqualified Brahman. In the next class, uh, this 106th Anucheda is entitled Bhagavan himself as the teacher of the Bhagavat Purana. Evidence will be given here by Srila Jiva Goswami. He basically takes this one verse from the end of the Bhagavat Purana. The verse reads as follows. Let us meditate on the supreme truth who is pure, spotless, devoid of sorrow and immortal, who is the, who in the distant past graciously revealed this peerless lamp of knowledge unto Brahma, and then in the form of Brahma, disclosed it to Narada Muni and as Narada to Krishna, Dvipayana Vyas, and again as Vyas to the chief of yogis, Sukha, and then as Sukha to Bhagavad Rat, King Parikshit. So there's an elaborate explanation of this ending verse of the Bhagavat Purana and showing how that the Bhagavatam is actually the topmost scriptural presentation by the Lord himself and that it's spoken again and again based on a careful analysis of this concluding verse we can see it's Krishna himself that's continually putting forth the Srimad Bhagavatam through these various personalities beginning with Brahma again it establishes this unique position of the Srimad Bhagavatam. That if we look to Brahma first getting the Chatur Sloki in a condensed form and then it being expounded upon by these other speakers going forward in time, we don't find that kind of an explanation there in relationship to the Vedanta Sutra. It just goes to, again, fortify the position that coming now in the wake of the gracious dispensation of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, that this Bhagavat Purana, it's as brilliant as the sun. Nothing is more brilliant when it comes to scripture. All other scriptures look to the Bhagavatam for the topmost explanation of spirituality within the material universe and it's all coming from Krishna again and again I thank you so much for your association